Yeah, give us a minute. I'll uh, just change the lights and um and turn the aircon. You're gonna yeah, put some mood bit. lighting on. Yeah, yeah. This is just normal. Can see everything and try and fix everything. Lights. One moment. <laughs> oh, that's much better. Yep, that's much better. I like that. So, uh, yeah. welcome back. When were you last on the show, man? God, uh, a year ago, two years ago? I don't know. Oh, I don't. It was a while ago, but I don't think it was that that long ago. It's just, it's just that the year has seemed to dragged off into eternity, and got no track of what's going on. So, you know, you know how every year just keeps flying past. Yeah, this this one didn't. No, it, well, it, I think it simultaneously stretched out to infinity and disappeared within a day. It's quite insane. I don't know what happened. Yeah, true. A lot, a lot happened. A lot happened given yeah. a year that we couldn't do a lot. A lot yeah, happened. Yeah, exactly. So, Rusty, right, welcome mate. back. Welcome back to the Trigonometry Show. Um, the show itself has actually been on a bit of a hiatus for the last month or so, but I thought mm-hmm. it would be not a bad idea to catch up with uh, one of the lads from over the ditch and, um, I don't know, compare notes on the year that was, basically. <laughs> Didn't shoot matches, uh, barely yeah. left the house, Yeah, uh, worked all the time. Done. What about you? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think – I was thinking as I was uh, getting ready for this whether I've actually shot a match this year. Yeah, right. I don't know. Yep. I don't no? know. I think I did earlier in the year. I think I've shot a 22. But, again, we're back to this whole year being a blurry mess of <laughs> – but it has it has definitely become like a 2020, 2021. That's even hard to say, but yeah. it just it just melds into yeah, each other. True. Uh, true, true. There's not been a lot of distinction between the years, but it has been. Um, despite I've, I've managed to get a few matches under my belt, nothing nothing huge. Uh, mm. I did I did one of probably probably to be fair one of the biggest matches I've done in uh, in a couple of years. Uh, and I did okay at it for some reason, probably because I stopped shooting matches and stopped stressing about them, uh, <laughs> and then and then just went and did one, not caring. Um, I think it was. So I, I don't know if you've seen the video, but we did a video uh, where we invited a listener to come on the show. Uh, on the show, that sounds uh, not on the show to the range to the match, and yes. we would cover all their ammo and cover their fees and get them to shoot their first match. But that was a condition they had to get there, which was travel was challenging, uh, yeah, yeah. and two, they had not. They couldn't have shot a match before. Okay. Uh, and I think because I was so focused on trying to get him to do all right and do all that sort of gear, uh, I, I sort of maybe just defaultly led by example, perhaps. I don't, I don't know. Pick it up the game. Yeah, I ended up uh, doing all right. It's the one match in the last like three years that I've 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 finished in the top uh I was fifth out of out of 35 or 40 or something like that. So I did okay for the first time in a long time. Let's put it that way. I think there's a subtle art of of caring enough but not giving a fuck, basically. There's there's a weird there's a book on that, a, I believe. Yeah, yeah, true. There's a perfect somewhere in the middle of you've got to be in hidden game and stuff, but not actually too worried. It, it's the don't worry if something goes wrong, carry on moving, keep focusing forward sort of scenario. And sometimes a little bit of distraction is, is quite good for that. Or or it sounds more like you. It wasn't distraction. It was actually forcing had, you to focus because yeah. you had somebody else to keep an eye on. So I think that was the thing is I had something to do. And so I had I had 
I could put my attention into something. Yep. Uh, because often at, at matches, I yeah, I grab a camera, or I'll go off and do that, or whatever it is. I'm 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 always sort of involved in something. But because this one actually, I was asked to be a, a, a what we call it, squad mums over here, but a stage officer and help out while shooting the match as well. And I I respectfully declined for the first time I think ever because okay. I said I've got I've got this new guy that I want to just I want to spend my time with him and do. And obviously it it helped. Um, mm. Yeah. So anyway, so I have shot some matches this year, but we, uh, we've been very busy at work, um, which has been uh, amazing. Um, it is quite literally blown up this year. Yeah. So I, um, I sort of have been, I've, <laughs> I'm limiting my social media anyway, but I, I do see bits and pieces. So was it this year or was it last year that you moved into the warehouse and out of the garage? Yes. To, to both, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so your, your uh, lack of clarity around it is probably a fair. Um, yeah, okay. So last year would have been, so I, I run a couple of websites. One, we sell projectiles and reloading gear, and one, we sell optics. Yep. And was running out of my, my shed for, depending which one you're looking at, somewhere between four to seven years. And then last year through COVID, we got really busy, and I – literally couldn't fit any more in the shed. So we went and got storage units because I thought that would be cheap. And it was, it was really cheap and it was really effective to be fair. Um, especially when I was by myself and go down there, pack orders and, and, you know, be down there for like two or three hours and that was it. And, uh, and then just work from home the rest of the time. Sure. Then we started getting another storage unit and another storage unit and then built out a little office in one of them and then started having, you know, staff who would be in there with me. Uh, and it's not great working in an off, like in an office warehouse environment where your closest toilet is about a 200 meter walk and and that's hoping that the person who has is running the office for the the, the complex is actually there at the time yeah and not showing clients around uh yeah. in which case your next toilet which is a service station uh, like a, a petrol station is uh, another 400 meters away um yeah so that wasn't we started we started being limited by some of the facilities particularly i don't mind dealing with that myself but yeah, yeah, when you start yeah. asking other people to deal with that that's when it yeah. starts pushing the uh yeah. well friendship slash work relationship boundaries <laughs> <laughs> so uh so we found somewhere we found this this place we're in now and we yeah. spent the, the the best part of the last uh what is it, may so six seven months making it our own uh yeah. and and adding people to the team um yeah, which uh, which yeah, we're, we're sitting in uh, what we we call the studio. So yeah. it's this is where we record our podcast. But tomorrow, this whole area is going to be redone into a uh, photo set to make photos for our Boxing Day sales and stuff. So I imagine there'll be lights all shoved around the place and different backdrops and uh, and the, the camera sliders and all this sort of gear mm. going on uh, for a couple of guys uh, taking photos tomorrow. So and then. It'll be, I don't know, we finish up on Friday at lunchtime and by then it'll be an Xbox uh, place, play centre and we'll sit back <laughs> on the couches and, uh, and drink, uh, drink gin, have a barbecue and play Xbox for a few hours, I suspect. Sounds like a great plan. So uh, yeah, what do you, what do you put the, the increase, like, uh, was it your business increasing? Was it just the gun sales on the whole has been increasing? I mean, I, I think I swear for the, for the lockdown here in Auckland anyway, that guys were getting bored and just started buying guns based on the amount of inquiries I got towards the end of it going, all right, when, when are we, when are you back out zeroing and setting up rifles? I've just bought a gun. Yeah, I need right. it set up. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's retail therapy or what it was. Um, 
do you think it was that? Do you think it was just more people getting into it? Do you think it was you capturing the market? I'm sure it was you. It's your, all you capturing the market. Obviously. I, I appreciate the confidence building, but uh, I believe it was all of the things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we talk about that. The first one of, you know, was it us? Well, not specifically, but we were well poised. So we were yeah. an online business. We had our online systems and water packing and stuff taken care of. So when everything shut and there was three states in this country that they had their gun shops specifically closed, not, right. other, other retail open gun shops specifically closed. It's not far up about that issue because that was disappointing. <laughs> um, but because of that, people went, elsewhere and discovered us and i guess we for for many people we were pretty active on socials but we were maybe just on the periphery or maybe just outside the circles they would normally look in and so because they were given reason to look for something else uh they would do a google search and we would be right there ready to roll and then yeah they place their order and a few days later they get it and because we had that structure set up and we had stock and we had a reasonable website um that put us in a position where we were prepared for, mm. well not prepared for COVID. no one was but we were prepared no, no, no. we were prepared that that for online business up. and online yeah. trading yeah correct yeah. and so i think that that was certainly a, a situation early days put mm. us put us in front of a lot of people that wouldn't have otherwise seen us yeah and and then kept them as customers so when their gun shops open up they'd, they'd still go buy all their their guns and other bits and pieces that we don't we don't touch uh but when it came to the the niche areas that we deal with, perhaps they would they would call us, or maybe they call us as their second preference, but yeah. our second second preference, not their third or fourth or tenth yep. or whatever, uh, yeah. which is which is nice. I also think mirroring what you're talking about, people going and buying guns. I think that uh, two things happen on that. Um, people had a, a bigger that those who were still employed and didn't suffer some of the consequences of the economy shutting down uh, were able to. Uh, have a larger disposable income that they would normally spend perhaps on travel yeah, uh, or going out or doing those things. This is probably more so last year than this year, although the travel has still been pretty restricted this year mm. as well. And I think people, uh, you know, there's elements of like a friend of mine didn't go anywhere the last two weeks here in Adelaide at all, apart from work, home, work, home, because they were going away uh, and they didn't want to compromise going away, <laughs> uh, just accidentally being somewhere. Uh, and then that becomes a, a I don't area know how it's working over there, but that's yeah. a, a, an, an yep. area where I know you have to go under quarantine and then you're, you're out for Christmas and you can't go away, yep. all this sort of thing. So, uh, you know, that there is perhaps still apprehension about that. And I've certainly cancelled a few trips for various mm. uh, various reasons. So I think that's put that's kept money in people's pockets and they want to spend. We've noticed a trend in the optics world. We've sold more thermals and night vision than we ever yep. have before because they're those big ticket items that people wouldn't normally spend money on. But now they've got a little bit more and, and they've been doing that. And then also what you talked about in terms of more people getting into it. So mm. the, the club that, uh, I've been involved with. We were shut for maybe how long were we shut for? Four, four months, five months last year, and then I think another month or two this year. And during those four months, we were shut. We we upped uh, our membership by nearly thirty percent um, on what we what, were thirty. While 40. you were shut, while we were shut, yeah. Yep. Right. So a few little key marketing strategies uh, yeah. worked and then you, you lose, you got a higher rate of drop off from yeah. doing those sort of promotions, but still we, we might've dropped off 10% of those that signed up. So still huh. quite a huge amount of, uh, of take up. And I think yeah. um, a lot of people, it was 
I think COVID reset a lot of people's agendas and plans yep. uh, and they kind of went, well, I've always wanted to get into shooting or get back into it. That's probably the biggest one. Yep. They've gone through kids and this sort of gear. Now they've got, they've got a bit of cash and they're like, all right, I want to get back into this. And so the amount of crew we'd see in those sort of mid thirties through to sort of late forties, probably mm-hmm. more, more so see a lot of that sort of age group go, right. I used to shoot when I was young, haven't been able to do it for years because life, family work, but now I'm at a different stage in life. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into this, and they get right into it. And yeah. uh, I don't know if that was a similar demographic on your side of things, but yeah, that's what we saw. I mean, demographic wise, I'm not sure. I mean, I because I've I've had actual contact with a very limited group of people, sort of all sure. the other the yeah. event organizers and stuff. But certainly talking to some of the importers and wholesalers as well, and even just in retail stores you can see that the outdoors industry, which includes shooting and fishing and boating and everything. have Four drives, especially. Four drives, yeah. Anything, domestic tourism, basically, and outdoors. Because I think it's a double thing. It's one, it's like, yeah, we can't travel overseas, so we're going to start making plans to travel our own country. Mm-hmm. Which is still the case for, and probably over there. I mean, it's even maybe more over there, it's, it's bigger again. But there's a lot of Kiwis yeah. who haven't seen most of the country they live in. You know, they mm-hmm. they just we head overseas to go. Um, so that's been taken off, and and still was weird in the distant future as to what that future will be. So it's like, yeah, no, we'll get back and we'll get into hunting or fishing, or we're going to buy a boat, or we're going to upgrade a jet ski and. I was saying to someone today that they were trying to, I know a guy who was trying to buy a new motor for his boat. And the guy's like, yeah, I can get you one in like maybe a year or two. Uh, but I tell you what, I could sell you your, your secondhand one right now. No problem whatsoever. Yes. Um, so mm. yeah, demand for anything outdoorsy at the moment is, is huge. Um, and then I think the other, the other challenge maybe we have a little bit is there's been, um, which I was going to ask you about limited supply of things anyway, projectiles being a good one. That's that's (laughs) crazy for every, anything that's available. I reckon I get, I get three or four emails a week from New Zealand asking (laughs) for, uh, uh, asking for projectile supply. Yeah. We're bound, bound by agreements. We can't ship internationally at all, but, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we uh, we have to try and uh, just you know best got, of luck. Hope he can find it over there. <laughs> I know. I got a phone call from the uh, Chatham Islands for a guy looking for any six five projectiles of any kind. Mm-hmm. They didn't really care. Any, yes, and uh, I was like, no. Have you tried all the stores? He's like, I've tried all the stores, man. I'm ringing you, and you know, <laughs> I like, I, well, that's true. I don't have any ammo or project or anything on my website, so it's totally random. He's just like, oh, I think you sell sort of gun stuff. So yeah, you're connected uh, somehow. Yeah, yeah, what have you if you got anything? You got anything in your like private stash downstairs you want to send to me? I'm like, dude, no. If I did, you, and, and if I did, you're not getting it. So um, do you have anything locally manufactured in terms of projectiles? I don't not in not in no, not in terms of projectiles. You got uh like Belmont who are doing uh manufa- uh ammunition manufacture, but okay. they're still, as far as I'm aware, not making the projectiles. You know, I think right. the closest we've got is you guys, where there's some guys making some stuff over there, but mm. um no, but I, I saw a photo came up on the old socials today of one of the stores down the line that's just got a Hornaday shipment because, um, I mean, all of them have been delayed, but Hornaday's been uh, containers sent back and all kinds of... I yeah, feel, wow. I, I feel bad for the importer who's been communicating really well, even mm. to the point I know other importers have been doing things to try and help support and get these guys, keep these guys going because... Yeah, wow. 
it's um you know it's it's just a little bit silly so has it been that bad over there in australia or are you guys getting okay supplies of them i mean we're at the point where we, 22 ammo you can't get your standard 22 lr ammo i thought that only ever happened in america when they were <laughs> stockpiling stuff yeah um we have we have certainly had times where it's been very slim pickings mm. uh if you're willing to lower your standards uh and embrace variation uh, we've always yep. had something on the shelf for virtually every cartridge um yep. we do have and that's outside of what's manufactured here sure. uh, we do have uh um outer edge projectiles who we do yep. a lot with and they're copper projectiles some guys aren't willing to pay that sort of copper extra, uh, extra price, um, or sort of get to know how copper projectiles work. But though we've had a lot of particularly target shooters and and some hunters change over to that, um, with amazing results, but also the ability that they know they can get it, uh, mm. within days. I mean, sometimes we'll get a call, we'll place an order and sometimes we'll get a call from the guy who makes them and he'll say, oh, I'm really sorry, mate. I'm, I'm out of stock of these. Won't see them till next week. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, whereas the next normal, week this you know, the, year though, eh? that's what you're next week this year. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's it. So whereas, yeah, you speak to an importer and you're like, Hey, when, when are these coming in? They're like, they just the phone goes silent and they start yeah. breaking down emotionally. It's uh, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not quite, but it, it is certainly challenging um, to get. We, we uh, just hear, I just hear laughing. I, I rang up today <laughs> looking for a, 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 yeah, a rifle, basically, a particular mm. rifle. Well, not even a particular, well, a particular model. What cartridge have you got it in? I don't really care. And I was just laughing, eh? And it was yeah. just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. March, April, maybe. Who knows? Yep. Um, yeah. I know one guy was told he, he's not going to have any of, of his particular, uh, this particular rifle until 2023, uh, he's been told. Next year is yep. not, not, not happening. It's, it's, it's going to be at least a year out. Yeah, the one the one that's going around here at the moment is the primers side of things. Yeah, they're going to be a long a long way away. Um, yeah, but that's I guess when you're dealing with components for reloading, you're dealing with the secondary use for those items because their primary use is factory ammo, and yep. they're going to be used and prioritized in factory ammo first before they make their way to mm. um, to sort of component levels. And yeah, I mean this this is. A lot of people get surprised by, it, but it's it's a type of thing that happens every four years when the US have an election. This yep. one was just much more significant because we had that yep. big run in with COVID, uh, and we haven't had relief from that so much. And then we've had the election, and and now things are really that will take a lot longer. <laughs> It'll take a lot longer to uh, to balance out than they normally do. But everyone gets surprised by it every four years. And they're like, oh, it's all it's all become really hard to get again. What's going on? And you're like, yes, yeah, it's, it's yeah. election cycle. That's election just, cycle, yeah. The way it's how dominant US is in the uh, in the the shooting supply community. They, they get paranoid when there's uh, when there's changes. It's time to start <laughs> stockpiling again. Yeah, um, something way. you said, although something you said, which is I've sort of noticed a bit here about um, not even lowering standard. I think what's what's going to be interesting now is you've got a lot of guys who are trying a lot of different uh, projectiles and brands they wouldn't normally have tried. Um, and I'd say we're going to come out the other end of it, particularly for the guys reloading, maybe with a new, a few new pet loads that they maybe wouldn't have thought yep. of trying or doing. And the other thing I've, I've noticed, I, I think we'll probably see a bit 
maybe it'll stick is a trend of going lighter and faster um, mm-hmm. because we certainly had this thing where everyone was trying, and again, the, maybe the American marketing system and Hornaday and heavier, you know, all the, the, those projectiles getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And uh, all that was left on the shelf was some light stuff and guys go, Oh, that's far too light. It's like, well, far too light yeah. for what? I mean, yeah. d- you know, for competition, run the ballistics, look at the actual ballistics. And, mm. you know, it's like a click of wind at okay. It's like, come on, that's not really what we're worried about. And it's probably going to feel milder to shoot. It's going to be, mm. you know, um, and then for the hunting, I had a guy recently who was building a, um, I think it was a 300 PRC and one of the heaviest yeah. projectile he could put in it. It's like, well, if you go light, that the speed that thing's going to be doing, if we're using a one, one fifty five for example, rather than like a two hundred grainer or something ridiculous, I'm like, well, it's going the same speed at at a couple of hundred, five hundred that that thing was going at a hundred, and yeah. we don't worry about killing animals with one fifty five grain projectiles. It's perfectly acceptable. So that thing's just going to be slinging them a hell of a lot faster. So yeah, yeah, I think it's in some ways good uh, looking for that silver lining is it yeah it's going to get people mm. rethinking projectile choice and and powder choice as well as they try other powders that would maybe sit on a shelf because they tried and tested was was easy enough to get so yeah i think i think you're right i think people are trying stuff that they wouldn't have normally investigated and, mm. and they're forced to try some things and i think guys are finding the ability to to you know work out and but also i think you you get you get people who will be like, oh, well, I can't get any more of these. So what about these ones? I'm like, can't get them either. Or we, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll have them for this this month, but then we won't, we, it's going to be three, six, 12 months before we see them again. We don't, we don't know. And that's where I think people's ability to develop loads perhaps might increase over this period mm. of time where you, you understand what's, what's going on. You get the, the, the uh, setup where you can actually st- set a gun up for four or five different loads, keep all the data yep. relevant, cycle through how you need to and learn that while one projectile might seem that it's uh, that it's the only one that works in your gun, uh, it's not uncommon for if you do a bit of work and, and spend some time on it, you might find three, four or five others that shoot maybe not as good, but pretty darn good and usually good enough for, mm. for most of us. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's that reframing of good enough that guys are like, all right, well, maybe I'm not going to get my gun shooting a quarter MOA, you know, but it's sub MOA and actually I'm shooting four, five, six MOA targets, you know, it's it's going to actually work for it. And like you said, this the speeding up that process of getting to a good load because there is cases where I didn't actually get to the competition, but I basically found two boxes of projectiles. So I, I had a box for my finalized load, a box and a mm-hmm. bit, 120 rounds. And then the rest of it was load development and practice. So you suddenly are like, well, I'm not going to be shooting out piles of us. So I have to get to that point as quickly as possible because mm-hmm. less rounds used doing load development is more to actually do some practice with it before I shoot the competition. So um, as it turned out, I didn't get the competition anyway because I wasn't allowed to leave Auckland. Uh, so I've got um, oh, no. not plenty of projectiles, but I've got projectiles for that one. Got, anyway. got yep. it. Got it. What are you What are you looking like over there next year? Are you going to be able to travel around a bit? Are you going to be able to do anything? Yeah, well, who knows? I mean, I was even uh, it's day by day at the moment. I mean, have you mm. guys got the latest variant? It's now creeping oh, around everywhere. No, really. it's so we keep up with everyone, of course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so uh, yeah. Globalization is a wonderful thing. We share everything. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, no, at the moment, um, you know, I, I left Auckland for the first time in 
what five six months over the weekend yeah wow. you know, and, okay. and, and you don't think about it till you kind of do it and then you're like mm. yeah i haven't been over the bombay hills which is the, the sort of the hill that's the, mythically separates auckland from the rest of the country um yeah. for like six months you know uh, and caught up some people down there and you know and the yeah so it's just surreal so um but yeah i mean it's looking good things are opening up there's there's people traveling it may change tomorrow but you know traveling starting again as well um what what is interesting though of course is it was auckland that got locked down for a lot of it the whole country wasn't locked down for a lot of it as well so there was times where the whole country was locked down but for a big whack of it um it was just us so there were shoots going down, going on down the South Island, down and below North, and those guys have been, um, yeah, uh, rocking away as well, um, okay. just without us us uh, impinging. So you know, I don't know. <laughs> getting in the way, yeah, getting yeah, in okay. the way. So, oh Christ, the Auckland is coming again. Um, yeah, okay. So yeah, I mean, it, it's been interesting for that. The the guys, the amount of shoots next year is yep, looking more than ever. Um, there's more guys doing more shoots is looking at guys who are interested in starting to host shoots and events as well. Um, what, what's been interesting with that going on in the background, which publicly probably haven't spoken a lot about, um, on the pages or anything has been my, uh, involvement with the range certification committee. Okay. Yep. So I don't know if you follow that. I mean, with the legislation that came through, uh, however many years ago anyway one of the things that came up was the requirement basically now for all rangers to be uh certified okay so which i think is normal that's standard and standard practice for us yeah Yeah, absolutely so uh, you know part of me is like okay well that's the the, you know for an established range that's been there for 20 years well yeah okay maybe it's not a bad thing a lot of the disciplines um national disciplines have been doing it internally anyway i mean it's not it's not correct to say that a range just starts up and they start shooting away and there's no one ever providing any guidance i mean (laughs) most of them have massive range manuals already it's just now that they it, it, it used to just be the case that only a pistol range needed the certification from the police. Right. Uh, now all the rangers require the certification from the police, including the field shooting. And that's where yeah. um, we have maybe differed from you guys. Cause I, I believe I asked this a while ago, even your field shooting or well, field shooting in New Zealand happens in fields. It happens in the farms. It happens in, you know, yeah. it's, it's not a established range. It's not a flat range. Yes. Um, and I think that's still where we get a lot of events that are PRS style events, or they're just throwing the word PRS in the title or NRL or stuff. But yeah, uh, more correctly, I think it's field shooting. It's always mm. been field shooting, um, which has meant it's happening on um, yeah non non established ranges. So it's been interesting figuring out how that's going to fit in because they still need to be certified. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. So it's been good though. Uh, been involved with it. We've had from where we started to where we are now, um, which we're getting to the point where there should be public releases of, of the plans and everything. There's been some, we'll call them concessions. There's still stuff to work through, but initially it's like, oh, this is going to be, it's still going to be a headache, but it was going to be like a borderline impossible headache. Now it's like, oh, no, yeah, right. no, no, we can, there's a path. Can make it work. Start. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's been interesting. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, it's uh, we have had more ranges and clubs pop up over here this uh, in this, okay. in this period. A lot yep. of the it's not it's not uncommon for for a new club to take two years to get up and running. 
before yep. they really start firing a shot. And that's assuming there's already a range provided. Um, if it's uh, if it's a brand new range, it's generally regarded as a, about a five year process. Um, hmm. So it can take it can take a while. But is that the is that the paperwork and the compliance process, or are you talking about just getting established and getting membership going, or the, the whole both. the whole thing? Yeah, yeah, both. There's 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 the, um, the, the all those elements, and both of them have significant requirements on them, particularly yeah. the you know if you so our, our club, I think our club from the the first meeting to the time we, uh, or the first idea of it to the time we we shot. Our, our first uh, shots in the range was somewhere around 12 months, maybe just mm. shy of that one there. And then the one in New South Wales, just, shout, just south of Sydney, has been pretty much three years, minus a month or something. Um, yeah, so it's been, it's been, it varies a lot. It can take a long time. And then you've got some ranges over here where they are, they're very traditional ranges. So they're shooting a very, um, uh, tweaked version of a, of a PRS style match, but a very adjusted to suit the range with sure. the hope that over, over um, a year or two, they can show that, Hey, look, we're, we're good. We're sensible. We follow the rules. We, and, and we want to do this little adjustment and this tweak and this tweak. And, and to be fair, like we, we did that with our range. We, we went in for, 90% of it and have yep. worked on those remaining 10% to be able to get additional sort of benefits. And, and we've got many of them uh, with, with more to go. So uh, it, it, it's not a, it's not a silly approach when people start building faith and confidence in you, you can, yep. you can ask for a little bit more freedom and ability to, to do more things on the, on the range. So uh, that there's, yeah, there's probably a half a dozen range or, clubs slash rangers slash user groups they often get called where they the guys who are using the range under the banner of another club but for a slightly different you know different tweak on a on a discipline or something on those lines while they get established yeah um so it, it has been it has been a fruitful season for the shooting community though we've not been able to run our national level prs matches uh we've mm. run one this year at the beginning of the year but <laughs> I know. It's, yeah, obviously, you were saying lock, Auckland lockdown. Well, we were very much the same here, where there were states that would go into lockdown, come out of lockdown, go back into lockdown, and and twice we had big national matches that we were physically someone from from the PRS sort of got side of things coordinating it was there on the Friday or Thursday setting up the, the you know, literally putting right. targets on hangers on Thursday to be ready to go for a practice session Friday. And the state that we were in goes into lockdown while we're yeah. on the range setting up targets. And uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was uh, having twice back to back, which was, uh, yeah. Slightly demoralizing. Some, yeah. Correct. See me yeah. do some stints in quarantine. And then we pulled, we pulled, uh, like we, there was an event that was going to go ahead anyway. We we backed it off as a PRS match because again, travel was becoming too sketchy. Yeah. Uh, and then the event ran, and then as of the Monday, they went into quarantine where that event ran, and they backdated anyone who'd been in the area by two or three days. So basically, the entire time of the match, if you'd been there, you would have had to quarantine coming out mm -hmm. of it uh, when you got home or stayed there or whatever it might be. So it has been a challenging year in that regard. 
Uh, so we, yeah, it just you do you, you're right. You get demoralized. We just start making the call alert earlier and go. You know what? Yeah. We might have been able to do it, but let's just we're going to pull the pin. Yeah, I, we I, are looking better, as you said. More shoots, more shoots than ever. Same for for us for PRS mm. level. Uh, more shoots than ever next year. Um, we just uh, we're tentative. Like we we you know, if this was any other year, yep. we'd be out there pushing it, promoting it, talking about the dates, or, or pumping people up. But there's that inner just oh just. Um, I'm, yeah, you, it's it's challenging to, yeah, yeah it's been well, like, it's, right, let's go again. Neck, yeah, it's <laughs> a, you're putting your neck on the line. As the match directors and the organizers, you're putting a neck on the line. There's costs incurred regardless. Mm. You know, no, I mean, even if we, without getting to the point where you're having to refund people, there's still costs incurred and time and energy into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's been, see, Auckland doesn't really have any of the field shoots because we don't have any of the, of the distance ranges as such. All the yeah. ranges here are your 100 meter, um, you know, the hunting style or, sorry, I'll rephrase it. There is longer ranges, but those are your F class and they're certainly yes. not letting the PRS guys onto those mm-hmm. um, at this stage. There, there now, is yep. now FTR, I think it is, which is sort of um, mm-hmm. F class with uh, the precision rifles. So that's where your chassis rifles and, and yes. systems are being used on that. Yep. So, um, you know, but... Uh, but on, on saying that, then when, like I say, when we were locked down and level whatever um you know 48 yeah, yeah. i had a four to one one to four i get confused with where it goes anyway we couldn't do that so i wasn't able to do the the, the setups or the the mm. any, there was no range time so um you know as it opened up in the last month or so at least you could go then you could you travel a bit then you could go to the ranges mm. but we're still just limited numbers on the ranges and and now it's it's basically opening back up so yeah. um but yeah it's, it, it's good it's been interesting. Um, you know, a lot of the events here are still selling out within a matter of days. I mean, it, it, I yeah, needed to check in with the lads. It was selling out within a matter of, we, we were having events selling out within minutes. So, we, yeah, we yeah. sold one of the, the national matches this year that didn't go ahead, but we, it, was, <laughs> it was under nine minutes. Yeah. It was full. Um, yep. for a national match and i mean that's that's amazing but there's also that's a that's a problem like that, that, that is. that's that's like uh rihanna rihanna concert selling out stupidly quick and you're like this is actually a problem now this is not just did a, you not you did not get the tickets i didn't I'm, I'm slightly bitter about the rihanna. i thought you'd have vip like hand delivered for that no no I, number one no fan. no you're thinking of adele yeah Oh, of course. Mix them up. Yeah, I know. It was funny. always mix those two up. I went into a JB Hi-Fi yesterday to buy a Christmas present and there was Adele's face all over the walls and and vinyl. What was interesting, they're really pushing 12. Yeah, vinyl. Yeah, right. Um, And reissues. It was Pink Floyd. The wall was on there and there's quite a lot of vinyl. I was going to ask the person behind the counter how much they were selling. As a completely unrelated um, uh, (laughs) statistic, uh, I believe we are actually selling more vinyl in the world now than when vinyl was a thing it's actually okay. had so much of a reoccurrence so i wonder uh, if i've still got any of my old vinyls i had quite a few I, uh, on the other side of the wall over here i've got all my vinyl yep. collection i spent 10 years djing so yes, I, uh, i've got i remember that and i, I spent not 10 but i spent quite a number of years djing as well and yep. so I, I also had a reasonable collection of vinyl from uh when would that have been early 2000s 
yeah. uh, I suspect. And uh, yeah, but I don't, I don't think I've got any. I don't think I've got any left. Unfortunately, I might have kept a couple, a couple of classic ones. But I culled some, but I, I couldn't cull as many as I probably should have. So now I'm just waiting for the shelves over there to collapse one day under the weight of it. So that was uh, what there was one of the maybe the saving graces is not far into the first lockdown as a pair of turn tables turned up again. So okay, um, couldn't do much else, but I could actually mix some records for. So there was a few, you know, <laughs> down memory lane. Yeah, right. so, I think if I play with turntables again, they'd, they'd catch on fire or something. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I remember anything of what I what I used to be able to do. But anyway, that, know, were, that, that was might, a past life. Yeah, I know it was a past <laughs> life. You might find it's like riding a bike. It's, it's you're rusty. I forgot rusty how to ride a bike, and then you get better. You fell off a bike, Aaron. I forgot uh, after I didn't ride a bike for nine years. Got on it. Could not make it work for about a day and a half. Okay. So everyone tells me you can't forget to how ride a, how to ride a bike, and I have proven them wrong. Oh, it's no, you're, you're, don't know. You're rough. That's that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't know if I should be proud of that or embarrassed, but that's <laughs> that's my story, and I'll stay with it. For now. <laughs> mm. So yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm um, next year with one of the other things that's happened as re- result of the range certification is it's kind of sped up the necessity of organizing a national shooting body basically to represent sure. field shooters. So yeah. uh, field shooting New Zealand now exists. It's got a website with a, a calendar um just with next year's events and it was i think interesting as well as we put that together and and this is only with the guys who are quite the the, who are quite actively promoting i'm sure there's a lot of smaller gong shoots and shoots going on but yeah um the amount of events that we actually had over this year and last year was quite surprising when we did some quick tallies and to present to the police to go look we're actually it's it's established here because this is happening yeah yes it's it's not an it's a, we say it's a new thing but it's a new thing in the last decade that it's been happening for quite yeah. a few years yeah and um i think the the police were quite surprised when they realized the amount was going on and how established it was and how um you know that and hopefully the level we're, we're impressing on them the level of organization and safety and mm thought that goes into these events it's not a group of boys heading down and shooting steel and making a hell of a lot of noise you know so yeah um which is interesting because i find ourselves almost aligning more with like the pistol shooters ipsic pistol and stuff because we have range officers and we have ro's over people's shoulders and it's it's not like one range officer for 30 or 40 guys on a firing line it's yeah it's on each stage over each shooter I think so, I think that's one of the the big things that people took away when we started running PRS here is is they thought it was just a bunch of cowboys just shooting and and trying to shoot stupidly far away and dressing up mm. like snipers and all this sort of junk, and then they actually you know, those who were, were critical of it would come out to it and you would see one shooter and and at the the bigger level four people around them a, a spotter or two yep. and then a, a, a stage officer and a scorer, and so you you're seeing one shooter for you know out of five people who are coordinating the whole thing to run and run safely as you mentioned uh as opposed to the, the flip side where you, you know you, you go to a range a normal range you might have one range officer covering 15 20 people mm. uh, which which still still works yeah, yeah um yeah so it is it is quite uh it's great to see people's uh thoughts change when they actually see it in action um yeah and you're still, you're still seeing minds. the same. You're seeing the still seeing the same uptake of uh, new shooters and hunters getting into it as best we can. Certainly at the club level, oh, yes. Yeah, and all so, things considered. Yeah, yeah, all things considered, uh, it, it, the sport, um, especially last year, we had such a, a massive 
interest and uptake on it and it's continued on and and i mean the amount of strike eagles and venoms and and mm-hmm. arkans and all these sort of sort of mid-tier scopes that are sort of sit around that thousand dollars that are capable yep. and useful and and that way inclined the amount of scopes we sell of those versus anything else just so much more because people are wanting to get into it and do it at a reasonable price mm-hmm. uh, and yeah we i mean our her last club matches, um, we, we're getting not uncommon now to get sort of mid to high 30s at a club match. Um, and, you know, the, the guys over Victoria just saw their matches the other day and I had to relook when I saw the score sheet because there was they were nearly pushing 40. And when they started, they were talking like 12 people would rock up. Mm. And and that was just before COVID, and so you're you're seeing over this progression of not not being able to do a whole lot, they have grown such enormity. Um, it's it's really good, and so yeah, we're we're anticipating those those club level shoots will be 50, 60 people match in match out. That's every month, um, yep. and uh, you you start seeing the need. It's been it's been rapid but also slow growth you know you we started with one one club up in darwin and then sort of end up with 11 or 12 relatively quickly and then a couple of those dropped off for various reasons and then they sort of just stagnated for a while and now we're just on the verge of another surge of of clubs but those clubs that have been established have gone like our club uh, in two years went from eight members to 250 and so Mm. those clubs have become very deep and strong and no doubt in a given area, you know, you start trying to put 80, 90, 100 people through a club match. It's just, it's, it's too much work. That you, what you need is you need two or three clubs in that yeah. area to be able to run matches of 35, 40 people each um, to make it make it viable. And that, and that that is coming. Um, that, that seems to be trending that way for sure. I think it's still, it's one fundamental difference between the way New Zealand has evolved in its events. And it's also probably related to the range, which relates back to the, the um, geography topology of the, mm-hmm. um, the different countries is that the most of our field events at the moment are not clubs. We don't really have yep. clubs, you see. So um, the one thing I am aware is still missing. And that again, because we don't have ranges that are set up to regularly do it is club events. They're all, mm. An event is an annual event at the moment, um, yep. and we'll have a hundred people through at the moment, or two days. You know, we are having a lot of two-day events so that they can get more yep. people through it. Um, but we haven't, you know, there's one there's one permanent range down South Island Sparrowhawk that runs semi-regular sort of practice days and everything like that. And there yep. was a range actually in the last uh, two weeks, I think they did in Auckland. Um, they ran a, we'll call it an NRL style 22 event, not quite sure. flat range, NRL hunter sort of territory. Yeah, um, which they intend to do regularly. Um, the irony of the week, the week before the lockdown, I actually had some targets down on the range. I've just joined to take some photos to talk to the committee about, you know, progressing that. So um, I don't think we'll necessarily have regular or monthly center fire events, but certainly um, monthly uh, rim fire events are a feasible thing on these on these existing ranges. You know, um, yeah. Which in well, itself is phenomenal. You know, I mean, that would, that would be great. Yeah, that's don't, brilliant. Don't even have that at the moment. So, and the, and the rimfire stuff is such an easy entry point because yeah. it's, it's, I mean, I, I now, I, I mean, all you, all you need is a voodoo, uh, KRG <laughs> chassis and throw oh, like a night force or something on top of it and you're away. That's, I mean, all. that's it. Dirt yeah. cheap. Dirt, Dirt cheap. cheap. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's such a good it's it is such a good entry point because yes. um you it's cheap it's low prep like i shoot mostly rimfire matches now because i don't have to do anything to get ready for them i grab the gun make sure i've i've and broken someone's leg to be able to get some ammo and yep. then go to the match and that's and that's it you know i'll just make sure it's reasonably well zeroed and give it a crack and it's just close enough you don't care you, you know good enough good enough is is fine um <laughs> and you just you, you really are there for for a good time uh and and i really are really enjoying that side of things yeah. uh at present um and it's also a really good way a lot of people will will, will test the waters in the rimfire world and then you start seeing them progress through into the centerfire stuff, and and the joy here, or at least in in the state we're in, but other states are, are, are certainly well on their way, and some are well established. Where they they start off, you know, people can start at rimfire and then move through to centerfire, and then we so we would have every month we'll run like a half a day centerfire and a half a day rimfire match uh, on the on. The, the same weekend back to back. And then every maybe three months, we'll, we'll run a larger uh, one day match for either center fire and room fire. And it gives those people that step up still at the club level, but a full day match, they get used to that sort of a little bit more intensity, higher round count, a little bit more focus, a little bit more draining uh, over the course of the day, still good yep. fun. Um, but not at that national level where it's two days, you've got to perform well, you know, you know, have to perform well. You just don't do very well, but you've got that higher level of expectation. Sure. Um, and so that pathway of sort of going along to the casual match and then working your way through to shooting a match, it doesn't, doesn't stop you from shooting a national match that uh, straight away, but as more clubs come on board, that will happen. Those sort of initial attempts or, you know, if for your first match, your first couple of matches can be a much more pleasant experience by shooting at that, at that club level. Mm. Um, as that, but we, we didn't have that three years ago, four years ago, yep. you, know, you, you, you know, if you wanted to shoot this sort of stuff, you had to shoot at that, that national level. Mm. And I think the, the, the difference, you know, with you guys shooting a lot of field matches versus us shooting clubs, it's not necessarily, uh, geographically or anything like that. I mean, we've got massive, big open spaces true. that, you know, we have Very done true. those sort of matches, but, but it's been legislation. It's been the, yeah. the the rules that we can't run a competition that any money would change hands or any sort of event is formalized on that sort of uh, that sort of arrangement. That that'll the wording of that will vary from state to state. Yeah. But effectively, it's not it's not viable to run them on a handshake agreement out on someone's farm somewhere. Uh, yeah. And so we we bound by that that challenge to be able to have to do it on a, on a range. Um, I, I think we, that's been the we thing. Have, and yeah. Yes. And it, it, like I say, we were initially, when we we're starting the certification program, we we're like, well, that's it. It's field treats are over. We're never going to, yeah. you know, it's not going to happen. And we're still, we're still working through some challenges in regard to the uh, ballistic side of things, range templating. That's, that's yep. probably now our final sticking point because um, you know, 10 odd years of events and we haven't had any incidences. Uh, incidents so it's mm. like okay so did you want to how harder uh, you know let's before we template these out of existence let's start yeah. from the fact we haven't had any incidents so what are yes. we, we how do we get safer than that um but some other other concerns that were yeah going to be legislative which were actually legislative and almost bureaucratic nightmares more than anything else just because mm. of the wording of one government organization and local council organization yes. and so like, hey, oh, now you've used that word, which is now going to give us a headache. You want something in writing, that's a headache, but we can be compliant. Yeah. 
but you want us to comply and, and get them to say we're complying. Well, that's going to trigger costs, whereas we are compliant and we don't need to. So, which you, I'm sure, yes, you can. <laughs> I see your head shaking. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's been interesting. But like I said, it, it's what it's also done is even though we've informally talked through all the organizers, uh, between all the organizers and stuff, and, you know, Trigonometry Show has been a couple of them catching up weekly and chatting about it, and other guys who mm. chat to other guys. So, but now it's just like, all right, we just need to put some stuff into place. And, you know, the, the crazy thing is has been setting out the the informal constitution because we're not incorporated yet. We're uncorporated. You know, it's just mm. we've got a committee. We've got a management committee. We've got, you know, minutes yep. and agendas and notes. So, um, but it's been good because that's that's the evolution of, of I think, of any shooting organization association that it becomes more legitimized when it's there's a national body managing it it, it um, gives you that uh it like it, it it sucks it, it sucks having to do it and and it's there's there's certainly uh steps that you know are not as good as doing it the other way however yep. it does give you much more confidence and longevity and mm. you know that okay, we're going to have to go down this path i mean same same with business it's same with many things like you can run a, a couple of online stores out your shed if you like it, it works it's fine it keeps you afloat for for a while but then you know we've, we've you move in somewhere like this and you've got you know payroll and all these other words yep. that you discover um uh, and you're like oh okay i've got to i've got to set money aside for tax for people in superannuation <laughs> and all these other things and you but you're like you know what but that the longevity of what we're going and the structure we're putting in place, both from the shooting side of things or business, whatever it may be, yeah, make some compromises. But in the long run, it's it's sort of it, you have to go down that path, especially if you want it to grow. If you want it to be able to grow and develop and replicate around the country or around the world, in some case, um, you you need to be able to set that structure in place um, as much as. It can be one a headache and two not as not as good as it, the good old days. Yeah, uh, uh, there's certainly elements that, that get compromised, but yep. it's a it's a balancing act um, well, for the sport think, to be around in 10, 20, yeah, 30 years. Yeah, exactly. And I think the other thing we're finding is it's it's making us uh, homogenize and standardize certain mm -hmm. things. And one of the good things I think is going to be we're going to work on setting some standardized standing orders and and methodology through all the clubs. So. You know, and that's mm -hmm. that's how you're carrying a firearm. States that you know transitioning between different props or state of different um, targets and positions. It's going to be standardised how your rifle will be, yep. and you know it's good because it also means that you can go from one event to another event, and you know that it's okay. We all play the same sort of game, and we're all we all know we're doing it the same way. Yep. Um, and that also means then for us, which is part of the organization's intent, is to also then put something together so we can help other people putting mm. these events on because all the match directors, and the irony is, is even with my involvement, I'm not putting any matches on at the moment. I'm just trying to help coordinate these other guys and provide some admin support, mm. I suppose, is, um, yeah, to be able to en encourage and support guys who want to put these events on themselves and get into holding events um yep. because yeah like even though there is you know we've got multiple events every month and we're starting to have to look at dates so we're not having clashing dates 
we still mm. need more events because uh, yeah they are filling up and it's going to be a challenging conundrum when you have to choose between two really good events mm. but at least it means that you can actually shoot an event um you know every month or every other week depending how often you want to do it and yeah i mean we had we had an event that um they did entries by raffle you know, they yeah, basically wow. got all the names in and then pulled the names out of the hat because that was the only way the match director was could think of doing it fairly. He wanted to encourage not just the same people coming in, but to allow mm. new shooters to come in to, to get into it as well. Um, yep. And that goes back to that growth thing. It's awesome having the same group of guys to every single shoot because you'll know each other, you'll get competitive, you'll know, but it's also being aware that there's guys who are wanting to get into this and providing them that path yeah. to get into it. Absolutely. Um, so mm. I, I was going to ask, do you, with the style of events, do you have or have had anything in the way of team events? Do you not? Uh, uh, yes, yeah, so from, from a... From a PRS uh, national series point of view, which is what my major involvement is, yeah, sure. we haven't because it's an yeah. individual championship and there's not there's not really structure in there for teams. Um, we used to run team elements in matches we did pre PRS, uh, what was called the PRI, uh, and um, and there was it was a it was a unique setup because we would have uh, back then we were running, uh, let's say it was. Uh, 20 stages, for example, and you would have um, eight of those stages would be team-only stages. Okay. Eight of those stages were individual-only stages, right? So you were, you were teamed up with someone, of course, and the team ones, whatever you scored on there, whatever whatever you, know, you and I on the same team, didn't affect my terrible performance for us as a team, didn't affect your personal score. Sure. Um, and then we so we would have that. So let's say eight stages out of 20 for each of those at 16. And then you would have another four that were hybrid. And there were, there were team stages that were done in such a way where your performance on that team stage would have would count for points for you and points for the team, but it wouldn't be reliant on my performance on that particular team stage. So they were sort of, we would both shoot the stage. And perhaps there was a time element that came in for the team side of things, how quickly we could do it together. But yep. that was perhaps dropped for the individual. So if you went down and you scored five out of eight, that was your score. Didn't matter what I did for your personal side of things. And we would do a, a collective score to, to go into the team yep. mix. And then and then those team only stages could be really like you might you might only get four shots and I might take 12. Yeah. Um, because we tactically decided for some reason that was the best way we should should, but there was nothing individually about sure. that. And so we used to run these very, very hybrid events and they worked well, to be honest, they, mm. they, they, you had to build your stages correctly, but they worked really, really well because you would get this sort of team camaraderie, but also, and that would carry through to the individual events. And yep. certainly you would have some support for it, but when you're on, when you're shooting an individual event, there was no additional support from your team teammates. So yeah. they were good. Um, there is uh, there's a, a club here in, in, uh, in Queensland that has uh, run some team, bigger team matches. Uh, and they've been, by reports, they've been good. Um, mm. But there hasn't been a big team. There hasn't been multiple team, like in a series or something on those lines. In this style, there is a similar style, which is the service rifle type shooting. Yep. Which is um, 
we, we share lots of common ground, particularly in, in both competitors and equipment, but they, they have, you know, many people on the line shooting at one time from a static distance at a static uh, target, or sometimes it's a moving target, but in terms yep. of a, they're all at the same range, and then you would move back much more sort of F-class line, but it's service rifle. I mean, many people would be familiar with that yep. sort of style. Yep. Uh, and so in their instance, they are, again, they have a lot of team influence um, from it. Um, yeah, but a bit of a different, similar skill set, similar guns. A lot of people do both, but it is a different, a different yep. shooting discipline for sure. It's uh, there's a there's an exciting event coming up in the first quarter I think of next year. Um, yeah. Graham from um, the Taranaki lads is putting it on, and it's going to be a we'll call it a field shoot PRS New Zealand sort of field shoot style event. But it's the old service rifles, so it's going to be the three hundred threes and the Mosins, and and I've heard rumours of trenches and fighting pits and bayonet <laughs> charges. Who knows? Oh wow! But uh, but it but it's interesting because it's a lot of guys in New Zealand, probably Aussie as well. Is there's often a three hundred three? There's an old infield or something yes. sitting in there. I have an infield downstairs, just. Because I, you know, I saw one a long time one day. I'm like, yeah, that's going to be my infield I put in the safe. Yep. So, but it's been entertaining because one, now guys are trying to find 303 ammo, which is in itself <laughs> hilarious. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. It's like, oh, it'd be good. Yeah, everyone's got, no, it's not that easy to find decent 303 ammo either. Um, mm. So a few guys are reloading it, but there's photos of guys turning up before the costume's on. So whether everyone's yes, going to turn up in full historical, right? Oh, you, you surely that's mandatory. You can't shoot the match oh, unless you're in some sort. There has to be historical... bonus points. Yeah, there's got to be yeah. something. Um, yeah, I think deductions. So, if you're not, maybe that's, bonus point. Be maybe it. the ex- the expectation is you do, and if you don't, then it's negative bonus points. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or you just don't get the rank. <laughs> you can shoot. You just won't be getting in, in the running for anything. Yeah. So, maybe that- Arrows don't call your impacts. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't see it. Sorry. Um, yeah. So, I, so those sort of, I think because maybe by the nature of our, our shooting culture developing, where it's been individual match directors still, and it's sort of continued that way rather than forming into having that overarching system as you get these, these inter- unique sort of flavors. What's yep. going to be interesting is I, somewhere in the lockdown, lockdowns um there was some guys who uh, apparently picked up and was going to start developing the prs in new zealand and someone with the nrl as well um so it'll just be interesting to see because at the moment the a lot of the matches we have have quite unique flavors that don't yes. necessarily fit into that yeah. so um it will be interesting to see if there's a shift or whether there's new guys come on to put those more specific kind of events on more events the better really sure um, yeah so yeah, it'll it'll just be interesting to see. But again, it, a lot of it comes down to um, yeah, we we are really field shooters more so mm. than um, well, no, it's precision rifle field. I don't know, whatever, call it whatever you want. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's confusing. It's easier. It's still easier for people who don't know. If you talk to them about the PRS, they'll have probably seen some videos online yeah, somewhere sure. that they yeah. at least get a picture of what's going on, and Makes then it easier. Go, Connection. But you're in the dirt and there's cow pats and, and sheep shit all over the place as well. So that's the, the PRS yeah. with sheep shit, basically. So we, we have to ship that in to the ranges <laughs> to make it authentic. That's the problem here. So <laughs> it's a big, big part of the cost. <laughs> the yeah. yeah. So, so it's a finishing touches that people really notice and appreciate. 
<laughs> yeah excellent so yeah. yeah man i don't know have you, have you noticed like equipment wise have you seen any trends i think we're probably quite similar to what you guys are sort of seeing following behind yeah. i don't think you know? i think i think that um because we haven't had those national level matches i think that you're seeing groups of people trend down their various paths there's okay. a lot of collaboration talk and chatter and stuff like that um but i think that we will it'd be interesting to see that there, there are and we certainly know just by by geographic like you know the, the guys who shoot together they might start favoring this type of scope or they might favor this brand of this or you know these these six guys all shoot made uh, six brs or something like that and so yep. so nothing groundbreaking in terms of any of those those particular trends but you know you'll get a you'll get a couple of guys who are really into their MD, mdt chassis and so all the guys surround them start building that so you end up with sort of one club that really runs a, a massive we, we probably do that with a lot of krgs at our club yep. um and and it'll be we haven't had that previously and we mm. haven't then seen the the connection back, which you know, when when the the national series starts, you know, and people start touring again and chatting a lot more, is you you could you could almost you'd be out of. I mean, this happens in the US as well, where you see a lot of those sort of Midwest guys um, through Oklahoma and stuff. They're all a lot of them are running the the Oklahoma brands of Impact yep. Actions and and Foundation uh, stocks, and and so mm. you see very uh very particular uh setups that are that are you know geographic based and i think we while we don't produce a huge amount of that stuff here you are starting to see more and more mm. of that um come on and, and it'd be interesting to see when everyone gets back together um I, you know at the end of the day i don't think it matters a whole lot uh, we uh, we did just do we did just do the Golden Yeats, which our, is our yearly award yep. uh awards show on our podcast uh and um one of the big things uh, was tuners. Now, tuners are nothing new. I'm sure you're familiar with them. Mm -hmm. um, but we gave uh, the Golden Yeet, which is our piss take of an award, um, to the tuners on muzzle or muzzle braked tuners in general, not picking on a particular brand because there's a couple of good sort of local ones. And then, of course, there's some bigger names uh, overseas. And we thought, well, you know, just, just, seeing how many people now are running tuners where you took that back three years ago and no one would be mm. no one entertain the discussion so uh it's been interesting to see those sort of developments happen um it'll be interesting to see if they're still there in five years or if they were a trend that lasted a couple of years and then we all moved on to something else as as many of the things are uh and yep. some things stick around for a long time bolt, so, bolt we'll more see. and more stuff onto your guns and then start stripping it all back off again <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone would be like, "Oh no, you got to go back to fundamentals," and you know, and then we will all end up with that with with three hundred threes in in the next you know ten years. Bayonet charges. <laughs> yeah. No, we. I mean, we've been talking. I mean, we've probably taken the Mickey out of it a lot on on the the show as well about the mm -hmm. tuners. But yes, I've got no doubt. At some point, we'll see. We haven't seen them quite yet, or maybe they have down the line. I don't know. But we haven't seen quite a massive influx of the tuners come through yet. But it'll it'll come, and then yeah, people will try them. And I mean, that's the only way you figure this out. You got to figure it out yourself. That's it. It's all, you see guys overseas doing it, and you're like, oh well, I want to try. Yeah, and it's all part of the hobby, and that's the, that's the the experience of why you know there's not very many people who have to do this sort of work no. and shooting and stuff like that. 
the vast majority do it because they just want to try and they enjoy mm-hmm. it and they, it's a good way to spend a weekend. And so it's part of that experience of trying the, the latest trend and you give it a go and you're like, oh, yeah, that worked. Or it's part of the experience of being like, no, nah, I'm not getting on that bandwagon. Yep. That's uh, that's that's junk and it's rubbish. And and then three years later, eating your words and having to, you know, buy yourself a six mil. Um, and so <laughs> it's, it's, I was actually going to say go back a six five or Creedmoor because that, that seemed to keep on going. And by the time people yeah. were catching up with that, everyone else going, no, it's six mil now. <laughs> That's right. And so these, which, these, how's, how's your six GT? Have you shot anything out of that yet? What was the status of that? I, 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 I have finally got brass. Uh, okay, cool. Currently just got a, a video in the works uh, about, about that, but uh, I was, I've been, I've been busy. Let's, let's put it that way. Uh, yeah, I've been yeah. busy and using that as an excuse. Uh, and so I, I actually was like, Oh, I'm going to go down to the gunsmiths and get them to change the barrel over for me. And mate of mine was heading down there. I'm like, Oh, cool. Can you check in with them? See if we can do it. And they're like, Oh yeah, they're closing like today. I'm like, all right. Looks like a next year project. <laughs> so, so uh, I shall um, kick off with the next year. But by then we've got a bunch of filming we want to do for a video about it. So um, we aren't there yet. Uh, I've been building my accessory collection. I don't think I've got anything upstairs, but I've got a, a rainbow magazine holder and a rainbow two round holder and a, a few other bits and pieces just to, just to pad out the full collection. But well, uh, what I, saw the, I saw an announcement recently. You're going to be able to get factory ammo for it soon anyway. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> whatever now i'll get to the point where i don't have to reload i'll sell the brass to be able to afford the ammo um (laughs) but it's uh yeah it's it's interesting to see that um uh that that cartridge come along um Mm. and i was disappointed that my name for it was i was initially disappointed because i was i happened to be in vegas when they were when they were launching it and i said oh mate you've you've got an opportunity you had an opportunity i said to uh, george Gardner, you had an opportunity here you could have called it the dasher smasher and he's like no we're just going to call it the gt i'm like ah oh, that name just doesn't just it doesn't. doesn't. <laughs> and then of course the irs came out with gay tiger i'm like no you guys have nailed it that's way better yeah. done yeah. That's <laughs> done, done. so it's, it's uh, yeah the gt never was going to fly now no, the, the, the go tiger's much, much oh it, that's the thing man but i think it has to be the first well i mean timing wise as well with social media on the whole but i mean as oh, soon yeah. as the cartridge out there was a meme to uh, it's I mean, the first meme cartridge they have a meme cartridge what, <laughs> what? yeah yeah it's that's just, it well, I mean, that's that's Doge. So I'm waiting for Shiba Inu now is like the, the equivalent, um, the second right. big uh, meme meme yeah. cartridge to come out. We'll see what it is. Actually, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're kind of actually overdue for it. I'm surprised. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> COVID, mate. Just blame COVID. That's that's why. Oh, yeah, well, I'm blaming for everything. It'll be a 22 <laughs> of some kind, yeah. probably. I'm going to go smaller. Um, yep. So, I mean, same thing, though, but uh, to that, people trending, I mean, at all things considered, people are still trending towards the six mils and going smaller. No one's decided to stuff this and started using 30 cows. Yeah, nothing nothing 30 cows. They just, they don't, I I don't think we'll see a trend up that high. We might see a, there's potential we might see a trend back to six, five, if we start getting some really long ranges starting to be involved, possibly, or if we start seeing real heavy ammo shortages, mm. because there's much more, you know, the factory ammo on Creedmoor is made much more extensively. And, and I have heard a few guys saying, look, we're just going to build six, five creeds. We, we know six is better, but just getting things for it is, is yeah, you know, if you're not already established with it, it's tough. Yep. And so, you know, we, we're going to go down the six, five path intentionally when we probably could have gone six mil. So 
um, that's probably more being more trending out of desperation than it is out of uh, any sort of reasoning that is, uh, you know, based on ballistics or anything. But it'll be interesting yeah. to see if we we're starting, you know, we're starting to edge out our our ranges more and more. Um, yeah. We've only really traditionally been able to shoot out to about five, 600 metres for our PRS matches here. There is one match that gets onto an F-class range next door and get out to about 900. Um, but one of the one of the more field ranges we were planning on using last year and this year uh, and potentially next year, um, we'll, we'll give 12, 13, 1400 a run. Yeah. And yeah, perhaps a 6.5 holds a bit more. But then again, I've seen... I've seen six mils do it comfortably, so um, it will be interesting well, to see as that as that that requirements yeah. change. I, I think the issue we had here more with everyone switching to the sixes was really just seeing those uh, hits and misses and calling the the shots, mm. you know. Uh, and we have obviously like the hit indicators and a lot of those further yep. targets, but it was just getting harder for uh, the the spotters to actually see and really be able to clearly call them. We have and a lot less rain here, uh, which seems to help. True. Um, yeah, true. Yeah, we have <laughs> nice, nice sunny conditions. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking recently Maybe. I needed to catch up with Bronte and just see if he's ever shot in the rain again. But I'm, anyway. I'm not sure he has. I don't know yeah. if he's shot again. <laughs> that's, that's we problem. broke him. <laughs> suppressors, <laughs> shooting suppress guns in the rain. It was just like yeah. too much for the, the, the young fella. <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, that's, I guess that's the different flavors, especially down South Island where they've got the distance. They, a lot mm. of the shoots are on average, probably longer than the ones up here in the North Island, you know, I yep. suppose between five and seven up here is on average, whereas down there, yeah, it's eight to a K is further. So mm. while most of them have six mils, a lot of them are shooting, you know, I know one guy is regularly shooting a six, five PRC in competition because it's just yep. got that extra bit of stretch for it um and and we had we also had developing what was developing is is what was a one-day event it turned into a two-day event which turned into a three-day event because on the yeah. friday afternoon would be a sight in and basically a, a borderline elr style yep. event so guys would bring their big gun along for friday night and just have limited shots but see how far you can stretch out yes. and then shoot the next couple of days with their their comp rifles we, we're um, very much looking at doing that sort of style event because we yeah. we might have access to it, but not too many people are familiar on a regular basis of shooting those distances and so sure. giving them an opportunity that doesn't affect the match. Yeah. Sort of is it self-contained competition that, you know, you, you can get rewarded for doing really well at um, mm. without actually playing out in the, in the, P, the proper PRS national series that yep. Yep. perhaps would be a little unfair until you could introduce that to more ranges over the time. Yeah. Well, what what did happen? I know um, Sparrowhawk had a shoot uh, a couple of weeks ago where they had quite a few people shooting with two two threes, and again it was an ammo thing. And if, and the guys are like, oh, all right, well I'm going to pull my two two three out. Who else is up? We'll create a little division. We'll have a two two three mini comp within the bigger comp. Yep. And yeah, they had a few guys decide, all right, let's 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 do it. And yeah, yeah, ballistically, no, you're not you're not competing with the six mils or the six fives or stuff. But if you're shooting within a group of other guys shooting two, two threes, well, mm. then you're all sort of even footed and yes. it, it's, it's still competitive. You can still have that fun. It's still good fun. Know? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And a bit cheaper as well, generally. So yep. yeah, I think it's, yep. uh, we, we have done that at our club as well and, and competed with the two, two, three guys. And uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's good fun. It's uh, particularly if you don't, you know, you got a few guys who are a bit more serious about the, uh, the, the top end of town. Uh, you can just go, well, we'll just kick around the two, two, threes and, 
you know, try and give them run for their money, but at least compete against each other. And I, I enjoy mm. that. Yeah. Cool. All right. So what's, what's plans for you next year? You know, more, uh, more, more, more. I, <laughs> we, we will see, mate. We will see. We've got a, you know, we want to keep going where we are here with, with work and new systems and all the, all that sort of, you know, boring business sort of gear. And then oh. uh, we, we are cautiously optimistic that we'll be running PRS matches around the country and able to travel. Um, we are, you know, day by day waiting on that side of things. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully we will be in a good position. We, we have, uh, let's say 70% of it mapped out in terms of dates and locations and all that sort of gear, but we're just sort of sitting on it until we get some more confirmations mm. or we'll just suss out how the, particularly how this new variant is, but who knows yep. what will come after that. Um, and that is, that is probably it. I haven't really set any shooting goals. I, I, um, We've got we've got a cover. I mean, we've got another another company sort of getting uh, getting started next year, um, which will be a, another challenge in life. But that's um, that is uh, it's probably a, a year for uh, for uh, what's the what's the word um, setting setting some more solid foundations. It's just been madness the last two years, mm. just with the growth and all that sort of stuff, and also not being able to travel and changing schedules and and all that yep. sort of uh, challenges. Um, we're gonna maybe spend a year sort of building a solid basis to work from mm-hmm. so, well i mean i even even saw over the course of a week when we were opening up travel restrictions to even you guys and guys were organizing the net shoot down here within a week later it's like well that's all canned again so that's <laughs> you know we can, we can stop yeah stop planning that one yeah. so it's it's so, frustrating but it's just it's just the world we live in so yeah and it's so it's so rapid at the moment. It's you're cautious about putting too much too much hope um, in yeah. in the short term, and and you know be, be in a position that we can uh, we can move swiftly when we need to. Um, but I think I, I think that uh, we will be. I, I think 2022 will be a lot uh, more workable than the last two years have been. Yeah. I think the attitudes have changed and shifted, and and the way they're dealing with it uh, will will continue to improve. Yeah, well, that's it. I think we're just getting used to the new norm and, and living with with these with COVID, basically. So, yeah. But um, you know, uh, for me, it means like tomorrow I'm I'm out to the range again, and I've got my first client with me or shooting really? instruction, whatever it is, which I haven't had for like again six months or something. So, yeah. you know, we're able to now have guests and we within a certain distance, and you know, masks on. I suppose I'm not quite sure how that'll work, but um so that's good and then you know there's heaps of like i said there's been heaps of people hitting me up this whole way through to go well we're keen to have our rifles set up and the rifles are starting to come in and they're setting up and there's these guys have got their hunting trips planned and bits and pieces i've got one guy who's he's got a um he got himself a tag for a wapiti block down yep. in the south island now we're actually trying to find him a suitable rifle for it because he's left-handed so he's got the affliction oh. like myself <laughs> And uh, yeah, man, there's not a lot of left-handed anything's actually available uh, at a merchant or importing or even retailers or anything. So yep. um, I, I hear rumors that one of our local uh, manufacturers should have left-handed options around about then, but we're not going to build a rifle and send them off on his like once in a lifetime hunt within a period of a week with a brand new gun. I think we need to kind of give them a little bit longer than that. So give them some time with it. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. So. 
So it's oh, all good. Well, very good. So, yeah, man. Well, it should be interesting. Should be an interesting 2022. Always, always trying to make the most out of whatever situation we find ourselves in. So we will, uh, we will take and own it somehow, uh, no matter what, oh, no what is. And hopefully we'll get over there. Hopefully we'll get over <laughs> New Zealand. Uh, three, three years attempting, but we'll three years of just over the other side of the water. So it's just a, it's just a boat ride, but you know, we'll get there. It's, it's we'll right. get there. All good, awesome, mate. Man. All right. So uh, good chatting to you again, man. Good catch up. Um, Obviously, have a have a good break. Do you get away for the break? You boys working through, sending it, supplying everyone with their projectiles uh, and scopes the whole way through. We so we'll you'll be, be there packing up like a little Santa. We've got four 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 or so days where we're you know where everyone's shut public holidays, shutting all yeah. that sort of gear. But aside from that, we will be here. Uh, we've got plans and bits and pieces, and uh, I I am hopeful that I'll be heading off later in the year. So I'll just I'll stay here for now. I think that's been everyone, everyone expected uh, on the day of the lockdown cease for the whole of Auckland to empty out. And I think we surprised a lot of people by not actually doing that. Not going anywhere. Yeah. No, I think a lot of us are just like, well, pff, it's all right. We, we'll yeah. get there later in the year. It'll, it'll <laughs> happen. So it's all good. Yeah. All right, man. Excellent. Good chatting Cheers, again. Gary. And um, we'll check in soon. We'll be soon. soon. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, bro.